Does truth exist? Because you have faith, does that make this book true? Does God exist? So when someone says there is no truth, if you apply the claim to itself, what should you say? Is that true? They don't think Christianity is true. They're talked out of it. You know why they're talked out of it? Because they've never been talked into it. Cross-examining skeptical and atheistic views. Welcome to Cross-Examine with Dr. Frank Turek. Ladies and gentlemen, as we're sprinting toward the end of 2023, on this program, we're going to announce the biggest goal in the history of Cross-Examine, and it might turn out to be the biggest goal in the history of apologetics anywhere. So you're not going to want to miss this program, and we're going to do that here in this program. But before we get there, let me ask you a question. And the question is, what's wrong with the world? In fact, that question was asked about a century ago in a op-ed over in the UK. And when G.K. Chesterton saw the op-ed asking what's wrong with the world, he wrote back with two words, I am. I am. I'm what's wrong with the world. Well, what did he mean by that? We'll get into it. In fact, let me ask even a question that's more personal. What's wrong with your life? Because I don't care who you are. I don't care what your social status is, your financial status, your relationship status, your uh, relationship right now, whether you have one with the Lord or not. Things in life can be difficult. Nothing is it or nothing is no no life is 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 exactly the way any of us want it and when you think about your biggest most painful difficulties that you've had in life what has brought on these difficulties i mean if you think about them i think you're going to find that in the majority of the cases where you're experiencing some difficulty one or more of these five things has happened number one there was a broken relationship. That's probably the biggest. Someone you loved, hurt, or maybe even left you. Number two, there was a broken law. Someone sinned. They broke or didn't follow God's righteous commands somehow. They either committed a sin of commission or a sin of omission. Number three, there was a broken mind or body. In other words, sickness set in. Or number four, there was a broken world. In other words, nature is a hostile place. It often hurts us. Or number five, there was a broken life. Someone died. And of course, death is our ultimate problem. We have broken relationships. We have broken laws. We have broken minds and bodies. We have a broken world. Ultimately, it leads to a broken life. If one thing is certain... It's that we're all going to die unless, of course, the Lord, the, the Lord comes back before that happens. But we're all going to die. This is a broken world. What's the solution to broken relationships, broken laws, broken minds and bodies, a broken world, and ultimately a broken life? Well, we all know if we're Christians what the solution is. Jesus came to fix those five broken aspects of reality 
That's why he's the savior of humanity. He solves our biggest problems. Jesus heals our broken relationship with God and with one another if we follow him. Jesus heals our sin problem because he's our sinless substitute. Jesus heals our minds and our bodies. He can heal the sick. Jesus heals our world. He has the, pro he has the power over nature and he can calm any storm. And ultimately, Jesus heals our ultimate problem, which is death. He resurrects the dead. So Jesus is the solution to what normally, in most cases, is causing our problems, our difficulties, whether it's in relationships, whether it's because of sin, whether it's because of sickness, whether it's just nature that hurts us, or ultimately death. And Jesus proved he's the Savior by performing five kinds of miracles in these areas. Number one, he has power over our broken relationship with God. He reconciles us to God by being our substitute. Also, he has power over sin. He's sinless. Who else is sinless? Nobody's sinless. Of course, that's why G.K. Chesterton said, what's wrong with the world? I am. Jesus actually asked the people that traveled with him for three years, can any of you accuse me of sin? If I asked that of anybody that traveled with me for three minutes, they'd probably know. <laughs> oh, sure, I got several things I can point out that you've done wrong, Frank. But Jesus is sinless. He also has power over sickness. He heals the sick. He has power over nature. He calms the storm. He has power over death. He resurrects the dead. And if you notice that Jesus did miracles in these areas to prove he's the Savior. He has power over sin. He's sinless. He heals the sick. He calms the storm. He resurrects the dead. By doing miracles in those areas, he's demonstrating that he's the Savior of humanity. He's the Savior of the world. He doesn't do card tricks, you know. He doesn't saw people in half and then puts them back together. No, he's doing things that show the world he can fix what's wrong with the world. He can fix what's wrong with life. So when you think of the problems you have in this life, in this broken world, whether it's because of relationships or sin or sickness or nature or death, the only ultimate solution is the good news of Jesus. Now, we can get temporary relief to some of these problems. You know, we could go to counselors, we could go to doctors, we could go to engineers to build us a house, you know, if a tornado takes our house down. But those are only temporary solutions. That provides temporary relief. The only ultimate solution is Jesus. Because he has power over all of these things. Now, why are we talking about all this? Because we need to be honest about our situation here in life, ladies and gentlemen. No matter how good or bad you have it, everyone you love will die. Everything you build will crumble. Everything you say will be forgotten. Everything you do will come to nothing. You and your identity will die and vanish unless God exists. If there is no God, 
We're all ultimately heading for heat death. We're just going to die and become worm food. And at the end of the day, it won't matter whether you lived a life like Mother Teresa or Billy Graham or you lived a life like Hitler or Stalin or some mass murderer because the end is coming for all of us. And if nothing lasts beyond the grave, there is no ultimate meaning. But we all know deep in our hearts, because God has put eternity on our hearts, as Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes, that there is more to this life. And we need an eternal perspective. When we look at the things and the difficulties that happen to us in life, we need an eternal uh, eternal perspective. This is why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4 that our light and momentary afflictions are achieving for us a greater weight of glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, for what is seen is temporary, but we fix our eyes on what is unseen, for what is unseen is eternal. We have to fix our eyes on the eternal. And what is this eternal message that we are privileged to have here in America and in the West? that many people in other lands don't have. It's the gospel itself. It's the purpose of life itself. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about what this eternal message is, and we're going to talk about how we are going to be able to get it to the world in an astonishing way. You're not going to believe this. I, I didn't believe it when we figured out the technology that would allow us to do it, but we're going to reveal it to you right after the break, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist with me, Frank Turek, on the American Family Radio Network. We're back in just two minutes. See you then. What's wrong with the world, ladies and gentlemen? What's wrong with your own life? If you ponder those questions and you follow the truth where it leads, I think you're going to realize the only solution is Jesus himself and the gospel message. In fact, if you think about the question, what is the purpose of life? And by the way, you're listening to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist with me, Frank Turek, on the American Family Radio Network. This is also a podcast called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. We have one in the middle of the week as well, which is not broadcast on AFR. So if you want to hear it, just find the I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist podcast and you'll get two podcasts a week. When you ask the question, what is the purpose of life? What answer do you do you arrive at? I mean, most people say, well, the purpose of life is to be happy or something or to be good. Really? Is that the purpose of life? That's not what Jesus said. Jesus, when he was praying to the Father for us, for believers, as recorded in John chapter 17, he says this. Now, this is eternal life that they, meaning us, the believers, may know you. God the Father, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. That's John 17, 3. In other words, the purpose of life is to know God, not just intellectually. Even the demons know God intellectually. As James says, even the demons know that God exists, but they tremble. But to know him personally, not just to know that he exists, but to engage in a relationship with him, to accept him, accept his His free gift of salvation and love him to love god and love one another that's the purpose of life and if you add the great commission into this 
what Jesus told us to do to, to do to make disciples of all nations. The purpose of life is to know God and to make him known. That's why we're here. So most importantly, the gospel is important because it is our eternal solution to our problem. We're separated from God. We're in sin. We deserve punishment. In fact, in the afterlife, you're only going to get one of two things. You're either going to get grace or you're going to get justice. I don't want justice. You shouldn't either. Because if you think about your own life, there are many times you've been unjust, probably even today. And if God is infinitely just, and he is, and if he gives you justice, you're not going to like it. I don't want justice. I want grace. So the gospel is grace. It's offering grace to the world. But, you know, the gospel is also the solution to many of our temporary problems, our temporal problems here on earth, as we're going to see here in a few minutes. Jesus told us to go make disciples of all nations. But we shouldn't just be concerned with English speakers in the West. We have to get the message to all people in all major languages. Now, it is true that English is the world's most spoken language, but only about 20% of the world speaks it. Only about one out of five. That means four out of five don't. So how can we reach the other 80% of people with not only the gospel, but also with the evidence for Christianity? How can we reach them with evidence and the message of grace, forgiveness, and the resurrection that Jesus has accomplished for us. Well, that's what our announcement is about, ladies and gentlemen. It's the biggest goal in the history of our ministry, which has been around for almost 15 years. For Well, actually, it has been around 15 years. And it might turn out to be the biggest goal in the history of apologetics anywhere in the world. And it's a goal that you can be a part of. Now, to explain this, I'm actually going to play the audio of a video that we just put on YouTube a few days ago. You actually need to see the video, and I'll show you at the end of this, uh, at the end of the audio, how you can actually watch it. And I want you to pay attention because just over a minute into this audio of this video, you're going to hear me speak four different languages, but it's not actually me speaking those languages. And the video or the audio of this video is going to explain what this is, what this goal is, what this great mission we're on is. Here it is. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus told us to make disciples of all nations. And we've been working on something at Cross-Examine for several months that I'm about to reveal to you right now. We're going to try and reach the world with apologetics. Now, how are we going to do that? Well, you may already know about our Spanish website. It's very popular in the Latin community. The question is, where should we go next? And the answer is, we're going to the whole world. That's right. Over the next year, we're going to be rolling out Cross-Examine International and providing apologetic resources in all the major languages across the globe. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking how are you going to do that? How are you going to pull that off? With the help of God, technology, and you. We've teamed up with a group of technological geniuses, some call them nerds, to create our very own proprietary artificial intelligence program that will generate content in over 30 languages. 
Our Spanish site is already up and our Africa site is getting ready to launch in five languages, expanding to eight soon. We're also developing sites for the Middle East, for Europe, Asia, Russia, the Pacific, and China. It's going to be a whirlwind. Let me show you just how amazing this is. Cross-Examined International is inviting you on a journey sobre como el cristianismo es la cosmovisión más razonable, explorando domande quali. Existe la verita, existe Dio, y miracoli sono posibili. So, Novo Testamento es verdadero. I'm joining the conversation, and how about you? I don't speak those languages. I hardly speak English. But with the power of AI, we can instantly translate our content into multiple languages and configure the speaker to appear as a native speaker in almost any language. These AI-generated pieces refined by our team of translators will be delivered to our viewers on a regular schedule. And the best part, it's cost-effective. We're saving over 50% in typical translation costs by harnessing the power of AI. Why are we doing this? Because the world is growing darker and deception is accelerating. So we must do all that we can with the tools God has given us to present the case for Christianity in all major languages. Today's headlines reflect the urgency of this mission. Just as the Roman roads in Jesus' time allowed the gospel to spread beyond Israel, we see cyberspace as our modern-day Roman road to the world but we can reach the world in seconds. Let's take a peek at the Africa site. We're starting there first, why? Because there's 643 million Christians living below the Sahara Desert in Africa alone. That's about twice the population of the United States. And those folks are literally in a life and death struggle with Islam. We are convinced that the gospel message through apologetics can overcome these dark forces and spread God's truth even to places where it's prohibited, to Africa, then the Middle East, Russia, China, everywhere. So after Africa, we're moving to those other areas of the world in their languages. You can be a part of this by donating to this largest expansion of apologetics in history. Your gift can help us reach another 3 billion people globally. And thanks to our use of AI and the fact that we have no buildings, your donations will be used to reach the world in the most efficient way possible. So thanks for being part of this remarkable journey. Together, we can make a profound difference in the world. Join us today and let's spread the evidence for truth and the gospel message to all the world just as Jesus told us to do. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to want to see that video because you're actually going to see me speaking those four languages. It's not lip synced. It's actually an avatar of me speaking those languages, even though I do not speak those languages. As I say, I hardly speak English. Why? Because we've developed a proprietary AI program that's going to allow us to do this. Now, here's how you watch the video. Go to crossexamined.org, crossexamined with a D on the end of it, .org. Hit the donate button and you'll see right there on, the, on that page the video. And uh, it's an amazing new technology. Here's the issue. It's not, it's super efficient than, than trying to hire people to actually uh, do this the old way. 
but it's still going to require us to double our budget over the next few years. And we'll explain more of that as we go. But we need your help to do this. We cannot do it on our own. And uh, we're calling this the Kingdom AI Project because we're going to try and build the kingdom using AI, using technology, using social media in a way that nobody's ever done it before. And I want to bring my colleague uh, Phoenix Hayes in right now because Phoenix, who not only is creating videos herself, but is our creative director here at crossexamine.org and is also a staff writer. She also does some presentations herself. And Phoenix, you've been doing some research into uh, the traditional way to reach people in these foreign countries. While that still needs to be done, it's not as efficient as it could be. What are some drawbacks of it? Right. So, Frank, yes, since we started this project, naturally, you know, people are going to want to know, well, what's what is the benefit of going this route versus the traditional route of raising funds in a, in a nation like America and then sending people over to integrate within the culture and, and have that one on one uh, encounter with people? Well, of course, the, the primary you know, setback is expense. And and we'll never overcome the need for people to be boots on the ground connecting with people. We don't want to take away from that at all. They still need to do that. No question. Yeah, that's still good. No question. Yeah. But you know, with our small team, we have had phenomenal impact without having to walk away from our families and without having to ask for, you know, tons and tons of money. We've been able to tap into the technology and it just made sense for us as an organization to take this next step into other languages in a way that no other ministry has ever done before. Now, how uh, when people go over to a foreign country, um, a lot of times they go over there with all good intentions, but they're not really trained, are they? Right. It's, it's so interesting. The more research we did on this, the more we discovered that oftentimes the local, let's say, you know, several pastors and mission leaders based in Africa have made comments uh, to the effect of give us 10,000 American dollars and we'll do more with it than the 100,000 you'll spend on sending an American over here. Not because the Americans don't mean well, not by any stretch, but they simply don't know what's needed. And yeah. And so much of as those you have been missionaries, you know, you're just over there living life, which takes most of your time. You think you're going over there talking about the gospel all the time. Really? No, you got to live life. And we're trying to find a way that we can get them the gospel and the evidence for it in a very efficient way. We're going to talk more about it right after the break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist back in two. What do you do when your kid comes home and says, Mom, Dad, I don't believe in God anymore? Well, as you may know, we sort of specialize in trying to give evidence that Christianity is true. Our most popular online course of all time is why I still don't have enough faith to be an atheist. And we just completely updated it. It's going to be brand new coming out in January. So if you want to be a part of that, Simply go to crossexamine.org, click on online courses. You will see it there. I will be your instructor. And if you take the premium version, you'll have we'll have six live QA Zoom sessions together. Also, if you have a sixth to eighth grader, maybe even fifth to ninth grader, 
In January, we're going to be running Let's Get Real. That's the apologetic course I did with Shanda Fulbright based on the I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist material. Again, it's for sixth to eighth graders or a grade or two on each side of that. And uh, if you want to be a part of that, have your young person be a part of that. Again, go to crossexamine.org, click on online courses. You will see it there. Start the the uh, year outright. Now, we're talking today about this brand new, very bold goal we have called Kingdom AI. How can we bring the gospel to the top 30 languages around the world? You know, our friend, the late, great Dr. Michael Heiser pointed out, that what you have at Pentecost is the reverse is the reversal of Babel. You remember the story of the Tower of Babel where God confused the languages and then began to work to rescue all those nations through one nation, the nation of Israel, because right after the Tower of Babel occurs in Genesis chapter 11, in Genesis chapter 12, we're introduced to Abraham, and all nations are going to be blessed through Abraham. Now, fast forward all the way to Jesus, after he ascends to heaven, Pentecost begins, and instead of God confusing their languages, He actually allows people who don't speak certain languages to speak the languages of of the people they're around so he can begin reclaiming the nations for Christ. Well, that's what we're trying to do with this AI program. We're trying to take languages that we don't speak and then be able to speak them and put them out into the cyberspace, into cyberspace up there on the Internet so people can access them from anywhere. This is critically important, ladies and gentlemen. We gotta be we gotta begin using technology for good, and that's what we're trying to do here. Now, this is not only going to be able to reach people who don't have access to apologetic or good theological or philosophical material. It's actually going to train people over there who are pastors. Uh, my colleague uh, Phoenix Hayes is with us. Phoenix, uh, how much training do African pastors have? Uh, you wouldn't believe this. So according to a 2019 study done by the Africa Evangelical Alliance, 85 to 90% of local church leaders have absolutely no formal theological training. They are there and, and any that is available is expensive or there's travel involved. Or you know, you know, the barriers that come to right. any other typical person Well, make it bigger. And that's what you're dealing with in Africa. So we need to bring this information through to them. Yeah, we're all about expanding the kingdom, no question. But we need to equip our leaders over there so that they have a full you know, arsenal of knowledge and information so that they can answer those tough questions that they've not been prepared to do. It'll be much better coming from them than Americans going over there or maybe even New Zealanders going over oh, there like absolutely. you. absolutely. Yeah. With our, <laughs> so. with our pygmy English, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Or a New Jersey accent. That's no Forget good. about it. Forget yeah. about it, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, there are, we're starting in Africa because the numbers in Africa are pretty amazing when you think about it. There's, as we mentioned in the video, there's 643 million Christians living below the Sahara Desert. Ladies and gentlemen, that's about twice the population of the United States. And there were only 7 million Christians there in 1900. They've gone from 7 million Christians to 643 million 
in about 120 years. And some estimates say that in about 25 years, by about 2050, that figure is going to double to 1.3 billion Christians. That's who's going to be in the sub-Sahara uh, countries of Africa. 38% of the Christians in the world will be in Africa. But also, if the estimates are right, there'll be more Muslims in Africa than in the Middle East by that time. And right now, that continent is in a life and death struggle with Islam. Let me just read you a few headlines. In fact, you have some of the headlines there, uh, Phoenix. What are some of the headlines just this week that have come out of uh, out of Africa? Oh, this is fun. Uh, we'll go, we'll start strong. Sudanese women describe being gang raped and ethnically targeted attacks by Arab forces. Uh, security force. This is this is literally just this week. How about Nigeria? Security forces and armed groups are committing war crimes against civilians in Africa in the Sahel region, where extremists and rebels are increasingly fighting to exert dominance and control. Yeah, and you also have Burkina Faso's state media saying there's hundreds of rebels that have been killed trying to seize a vulnerable town. This is all uh, Islamic violence. You also have uh, AP uh, just earlier this month saying groups linked to Al-Qaeda and the Islamic State take root on the west coast of Africa. Uh, But Phoenix, is all of the trouble in Africa just related to jihad or is there something else going on? No. So this was something that was really fascinating to me as I recently learned. The media, of course, loves to give us the most extreme stories, the gore, the violence. And so it's easy to assume, okay, Islam is growing and it must be because of the sword. It must be because people, and we do hear examples of that, but that's actually not the only problem that is going on there. People are describing Africa now as the battleground between two major religions and their uh, attempt to take over culture. They're tapping into cultural norms and traditions and adopting them to uh, to fit better within their religion. So what I mean by that is, uh, yeah, Christianity is growing and that's fantastic, but it's a particular kind of Christianity we're seeing grow. It's a uh, strong Pentecostal, uh, that, that being in touch with the spiritual realm, casting out demons because a lot, there's still a lot of African, you know, uh, religions that tap into that and talking to your ancestors and stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is all very familiar and comfortable to them, but not necessarily correct Christian thinking. Uh, the prosperity gospel, no shock, does really, really well in Africa because, you know, it's it's a nation that's in certain parts have massive poverty, have a lack of access to health care. So a promise of health and wealth is very appealing. But then you've got the Islam uh, Islam religion that's tapping into the fact that a lot of these tribal groups are used to having polygamy as a societal norm. Well, guess what? In Islam, you can have polygamy. So it's, in in a sense, both groups aren't just coming at it from a, no, you have to 
you have to submit to our way of thinking through violence. And it's all the people who maybe would be Christians simply submitting so that they can survive. No, there's a, there's an, a massive appeal being created. It's, it's almost like a, a business strategy where hmm. Islam has identified what are these people after? What, what do they value most and how can we tap into that? Well, we need to get them the truth, ladies and gentlemen, and that's what this Kingdom AI new initiative, the Kingdom AI Project. We call it the Kingdom AI Project, by the way, because it's not just for our ministry. Once we develop uh, this AI, which will allow us to translate into all these different languages, we want to translate some of our other ministry partners and get their material over there as well. Mm -hmm. And ladies and gentlemen, um, when you look at apologetic ministries uh, out there in cyberspace in particular, I think probably the biggest in recent years, uh, say over the past 10 years, was probably RZIM. And tragically, we all know what happened there. After Ravi died, it was discovered that he was engaged in a lot of immoral behavior. And that ministry completely collapsed. It no longer exists. Now, if you want to learn our take on that, and and we actually did a whole podcast on it a couple of years ago, back in uh, February. I can't remember what year. Was that 21? It was probably February 21. So you can go back and listen yeah. to it there. I'm not going to recant it here. But tragically, there, there were a lot of good people, obviously, that got hurt, and that ministry is no more. Uh, but let me tell you something about our ministry related to RZIM. The RZIM budget was 35 times larger than the budget of cross-examined. Mm -hmm. Now, did they do a lot of good prior to all this? Yeah, I'm sure they did. They were very prominent and they were out there on social media as well. But did they have an impact 35 times bigger than our team at cross-examined has produced? No, actually, if you look at the numbers, they were about comparable. In other words, we did out there in cyberspace with one thirty-fifth of the budget that RZIM had. And uh, I wish RZIM was still around, but it's not. And now we have this bold new goal that's going to require us to at least double our budget over the next couple of years. And we're going to need your help to do it. Look, here at, at Cross-Examined, we don't have exorbitant salaries. Uh, we employ about 20 people, about 10 full-time, about 10 part-time. Uh, and we don't have buildings. So any money that you give to cross-examined we work is on the 100%. Street. What's that? We're, we're working on the street, people. We're working We've got on the nowhere street. Yeah, to we're go. We're working in our homes. That's, that's, <laughs> so we save all that rent money. 100% of your donations are going to go to ministry, 0% to buildings. And uh, we're very frugal. We're very efficient with uh, the money that you provide to us, that God provides through you to us. So we just want to make that clear. And uh, this bold goal is going to reach the world for Christianity, for Jesus. It's going to bring apologetics, philosophy, and good theology, but we're going to need your help to do it. Jesus told us to make disciples of all nations, to go to the ends of the earth. In fact, Phoenix, you're from one of the ends of the earth, aren't you? I am from one of the ends of the earth. Being in New Zealand, that verse, Acts 1-8, we were just arguing about where it was before. So it says, you know, Jesus Jesus does mention the ends of the earth. I always thought of it as the four corners. But basically, Jesus told us, 
take my message to the ends of the earth. We've accomplished that. I came from there. I knew the gospel because of you know, colonization and all those things. But I heard it because I was lucky enough to be raised in a nation that spoke English as its native language. And I always regarded that as a massive privilege because working with immigrants and traveling myself, I understand how language can be such a monumental barrier between people trying to access information and what they know today. We've overcome that barrier with the help of donors that are listening now. And AI, friends, you can help. And by the way, this not only helps us eternally, the message of Jesus helps us right here and now. In fact, we're going to talk about it right after the break. In the meantime, go to crossexamine.org, click on donate, and you can see the video and donate there. See you in a couple of minutes. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, so often it seems that we Christians are way behind the curve when it comes to using technology. The world is really good at it, but we're not. In fact, quite often we shun using technology. Well, ladies and gentlemen, do you realize that technology is amoral? That you can use it for good or you can use it for evil? We want to use it for good. In fact, we're calling this the Kingdom AI Project because as we develop this proprietary AI, we want to share it with other ministries. We want to bring other apologists and theologians and philosophers in on this so they can get their material out there as well. In fact, my colleague Jorge Gill and I were just talking during the break. He produces this program and he made a great point about uh, technology and how you should use it for good and not shun it. Jorge, what's that story you were talking about during the break? We were talking about uh, Kodak and how they are museum piece now because they had the first patent for a digital camera over a decade before the other brands launched their digital cameras. But they were so afraid to launch because their film was not going to sell anymore that they kept it. And by the time they did a silent release, they didn't marketed it all. Then a couple of years later, the other brands started coming out with digital cameras and now they are hit history. So we feel sometimes like technology can bring us down into the depth of hell. And we see technology grabbing a hold of our kids through social media. But we also see so many people come into the Lord using social media. And that's the that's the approach that we are taking regarding AI. Man, I don't have any I don't know if we have enough time in this program to do this, but we have testimony after testimony yes. from people putting comments, not only yes. on YouTube videos, but sending us emails right. on how they came to faith by watching our videos. Unsolicited. Yeah. These are people yeah. who are now passionate about the Lord saying thank you for the content that you produce. And some people that are not even uh, Christians that are coming because our content is engaging. And then they leave with the word of God in them. They live with the gospel and they come to faith. By the way, Jorge, you're already doing this on the Spanish side. So we got Spanish YouTube channel. We got Spanish podcasts. Yes. And and we want to we want to branch out into other languages yes. now. And using AI will help us to do it. Even though, ladies and gentlemen, we have we have about 10 full time and about 10 part time employees. And as I said, our budget is one thirty fifth the size of the of RZIM when RZIM was in their heyday. And if you look out on the internet, I think our team is doing a wonderful job of reaching so many people with a very small budget. Mm -hmm. So 
A hundred percent of what you donate is going to go to ministry. It's not going yeah. to buildings. That's right. It's yeah. going to this kind of thing. Well, it, and, it was. I was going to say today I was showing you the uh, co-pilot for one of the internet browsers, and we asked it a question about apologetics and the existence of God, and we rank. We were the first answer that this AI engine gave us that lets us know that we are ranking and people what the questions that they are searching. We're able to provide answers exactly what Jesus called us to do, not to make believers, but to make disciples. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to do that to do, in friends. multiple languages. Yeah. That's right. And we need your help to do it. As I say, we got to double our already meager budget, our very efficient budget over the next couple of years. So if you go to crossexamine.org, click on donate, you will see the video that explains what we're doing using AI to reach the world. It's called Kingdom AI, and we're going to make it available to other ministries too. Kingdom AI, but we need your help to do it. Uh, and we mentioned, obviously, Jesus is the solution to our eternal separation from God, and he gives us the key to eternal life. But Jesus is also the answer to so many of our problems here on earth. Phoenix, what would happen? Let's just take the Hamas-Israel uh, dispute right now. What would happen if those people started to follow the teachings of Jesus? Oh, my goodness. It would be uh, suddenly you actually have to love your enemy. Isn't that a saying? Now, mm -hmm. don't you have to actually have an enemy in order to love them? Right. So mm -hmm. Jesus was completely uh, trans uh, transparent about the fact that, yeah, you're going to have enemies during your time on this life. That's right. But this is how you have to treat them. You don't walk in and take them out. Uh, I imagine if people just learn to love other people the way they wanted to be loved, the way they want to be treated. Imagine if men in every single culture learned to love their wives the way Christ loved the church. Well, after all, it, even this concept was foreign to the first century Christians. They didn't really love the idea of Paul telling them, no, you have to be monogamous. No, you have to be faithful. No, you mm. can't go down to the temple. This is a Christian concept from Christ. Uh, it would be revolutionary. Right. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, think about the the you don't even have to think about Africa or Israel and Hamas, or you can think about your own home. What if the fruit of the Spirit was present in everybody in your own home? What if love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control was part of the way you lived and part of the way your family members lived and your friends lived? Think about how many problems in the world would vanish if we just yielded to the Spirit and had the fruit of the Spirit. Right. You wouldn't need any laws. In fact, that's what Paul says in Galatians. He says, against these things, there is no law. In other words, you don't need a law to say uh, that you ought not love, you ought not have patience, you ought not be kind, right? That's what people want. Right. The problem is we're fallen, we're broken. In fact, James Madison, the father of our Constitution, I think said he penned human nature better than anyone when he talked about politics he said this, he said, if men were angels, no government would be necessary. Think about right. that. If men were angels, no government would be necessary. You wouldn't need a government which is supposed to be out there to protect innocent people from evil. You wouldn't need government if we were angels, if we were good. We're not right. good. And, we're evil. And Frank, let me ask you this. How, how, many, yeah. how many social justice groups, how many religious groups can you identify that don't require you to continue proving yourself again and again and again? Have to keep going through the work, mm. keep doing the work, keep earning your place there. Can you name any? 
What would happen to CRT? What would happen to Marxism? What would happen to all these concepts if everybody was just enough by the grace of Jesus? Yeah, grace. But Paul says we're one in Christ in Galatians 3.28. That solves the racism issue. That solves the oppression issue. If everyone followed that, hey, we're one in Christ. That solves all these mm -hmm. issues. Now, we realize a lot of people aren't going to like the solution, but that is the solution. And our job isn't to uh, somehow change everybody's heart. We can't do that. We can't bring everybody to Christ, but we can bring Christ to everyone. And we're using AI to do it, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. And that's why we need your help. We can't do this without your help. That's right. Uh, also, I mean, imagine if everyone <laughs> followed Jesus's greatest two commandments, love God and love your neighbor, mm. or take care of the least of these, or don't mislead these little ones. Would we have any of these crazy curricula being taught in our schools? Right. If, uh, everyone just followed Jesus's command, don't mislead the little right. ones. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this is the solution. Right. It's the solution to your broken personal relationships. It's the solution to your broken relationship with God, Jesus is. It's the solution to sickness, not that you're not going to get sick here, but he can heal you and he will heal you ultimately in the afterlife. It's the solution to the problems we have from nature and ultimately the solution to death. That's right. And that's why we're devoting uh, the next couple of years to getting our best material and the material of other ministries out there that we often partner with getting the best material out there so it can be accessed uh, in these other countries, in these other languages. And, and that's another thing, uh, Phoenix, we're going to need some people on the ground in these countries. Uh, why do we need them on the ground? Uh, these are native people. Why do we need them on the ground? Well, me, uh, even though we're, you know, we're translating everything right, here. Let me ask you this. Have you ever, ha have you ever uh, used Google Translate and then try to translate it back? Have you ever seen how how ridiculous sometimes the initial statement you try to make comes back to you? Yeah, AI is mm -hmm. brilliant, but we still need people who know the language, who know the the nuance and the the cultural significance of using one term over another. So, and not just that, we're not looking to bring in money and solve a problem in a foreign land. We want to work with the people in the land, and we're doing that. God is. Mm -hmm provided phenomenal people for us to work alongside with, to bring income to them and bless their families. And look, they don't need much, but we, they need something. And we need the support here to make that happen. Yeah, I would say I would say something. Uh, mm -hmm. I like to speak on that quickly. And it is that it is very important for us to be able to have that bridge, you know, mm -hmm. because that 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 injects the cultural aspect of it. We want them to see their own representatives ex speaking in the way with the material that we're providing them. And that makes all the difference. You know, we have AI, we have the human factor, we bring all the cultural nuances that has to uh, also do with all the websites that we're building. We're building a massive set of websites to reach them where they the websites are also going to be guided by AI so we can answer the questions they're asking. The questions in South America and Central America are not the same questions in Africa, right. are not the same questions in parts of Europe. So we are actually using AI to maximize the, the ability to 
to serve them personally in in that way. And when we bring boots on the ground, it makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've always been told that, that it's much more effective to have a person that lives there become a Christian and influence his uh, friends and relatives than it is to send one of us over there and try and do that. So we're... In fact, there's probably people listening to this podcast right now. If you're in a foreign country, a foreign to the U.S., it's your native land, but you want to be a part of this, you can email us at hello at crossexamine.org, and we'll see if we can uh, utilize your skills wherever you are on this project, because we need people in several different languages to review what the AI translates, to tweak it so it's accurate, and then we can get it out and we can help you in whatever land you're in. Now, we're running out of time here, friends. Uh, it's been great having uh, both Phoenix and Jorge on, but I I really, I, you know, we hardly ever talk about money on this show, but without your help, we can't do what we do. 93% of what we do is all donor funded. Mm-hmm. So if you want to help us, if you want to partner with us, if you want to know that your donation this year is going to go to something that's going to make a difference, not only in the United States, but around the world, go to crossexamine.org, click on Donate. You will see the video that we played for you earlier. We just played you the audio. And then you can donate there. You can send us a check. You can do it via PayPal. You can send us a credit card, whatever you'd like to do. It's 100% tax deductible. And we'll talk more about this in the coming weeks. So check it out, friends. Partner with us to make a difference. Let's use technology for good. Lord willing, we'll see you here next week. God bless.